0: Welcome to the Five G Territory podcast, where we will explore the hottest topics in Five G with some of the industry's leading minds. I would start before we tell. I'll tell you what Five G company is, and we will discuss it a bit more. The focus of it. Uh, you can go back and look even at Desert Shield. U.S. had was it 60,000 tons of supplies to carry with them, entering Iraq. Communicating where they are was paramount. We saw when Russia entered, tried to enter Kiev. It was a 50-kilometer queue. That was not a successful one. So that, as a backdrop. EDF European Defense Fund had identified that communication is important in the defense and peacekeeping and defense and therefore there was a a connectivity uh, a connectivity group started working uh, we have a consortia which got so to say co-finance from EDF where we were where the task is to find efficient ways to use where and how to use 5g the consortia consists of the two normal suspects as uh, network suppliers ericsson and and nokia so ericsson is driving the technical work there then we have eight uh, different companies associated to defense and three research institutes a few smes for special competence and Finally, we have two operators. We didn't want to make it an operator. How do I sell more business? But we actually wanted to pick in the experienced guys who have started to look at defence, and that was Telenor and LMT, and and together with them, so to say, create this architecture. How should 5G be used? and maybe you want to comment your expectations on, yes. on the project
1: thank you arne good morning um, i would just wanted to add on what you said before about the um, actually uh, uh, telecommunication technologies coming into the uh, ukraine actually much more before the ukraine so uh, the the guys in the auditorium i see from the armed forces i think agree will agree with me that actually nato started to fight against uh telco technologies already in uh, much earlier in the afghanistan that was a huge problem so that's absolutely logical that we are trying to understand this direction the the advantage that the uh, telco operators are actually on board of the 5g compad is uh, i think we are perfect link to the end user in uh, in uh, in this complicated consortium uh because we have like large defense companies like uh, Saab, Rheinmetall. Then we have uh, honorable vendors, Ericsson, Nokia. And from the telco side, then we have the operator, which has always been closer to the customer in this particular telco world. That's the one thing. The uh, the other thing is, again, uh, Ukraine's experience. Uh, because as the telco operator in, in Latvia, we are heavily following the events in, uh, in Ukraine. We are following how the Ukrainian telco operators are uh, dealing with the problems they are facing now at the moment during the war, especially at the, at the first period of time. And uh, the, the core message, we, what, we, what we discussed with Arne yesterday, the core message, what uh, has to be understood from the 5G compact, and it's very important because often people somehow tend to mix it up. We are not saying at any moment that what we are doing with the 5G will replace like conventional combat communications. That's absolutely not the message. The, the 5G might be good sort of the alternative communications that's point one point two we have to understand how to use the 5g in non-conflict zones so as it was discussed yesterday on on the um, on the panel about the 24 uh, 7 connectivity for defense there are a lot of different things which are not just fighting the world there are uh, activities uh, before that thing and hopefully that not happens and as uh, Ingmar's yesterday said it's, it's better than 100% of what military does, actually, is not fighting the war. But communications and connectivity is always there. And, and uh, I think that's kind of an, an angle that uh, we as the telco operator, which already for, I think, five, seven years uh, is heavily following what is going on in defense. The 5G for defense, we are strategic partner of the Ministry of Defense of Latvia. And that's, I think, the, the logical way how we got our, our role in the project.
0: Yes, and uh, picking up on what Kaspar said, there, uh, we have in the project or, or in the consortium split the areas of interest into three areas the home zone or the facilities we call, which is warehouses and whatnot. Then we have the support zone and the battle zone. And precisely as Kaspar says, we don't. We know 5G is not good for everything. The question is where is the, the reward bigger than the risk involving 5G and that was very, very well I met met the Swedish defense and they had very good definition. Okay, we use 5G where the reward is much bigger than the risk then they, there are still tactical radios of course needed because 5G is not there for everything. If I would be really marketing, I would say, oh, 6G will solve all problems. That will not either happen, by the way. <laughs> so, so, but, but, so, so we split it into these parts. To create the reference architecture, how you could utilize 5G network. We then looked at the number of use cases and there were actually connected you collected use cases which are from all zones actually most from the support zone because that's deployed bases and th- those kind of events where you go somewhere set something up but you are not on the front line so to say uh, you have or we are also studying battlefield parts so we are have identified use cases and i'm happy about the fact that a use case might have different usages or applications, they might have different priorities, different latency demand, different quality of service, bandwidth demands, and of course that's the architecture we in 5G want to build, that okay, if you want to consume or utilize 5G connectivity for these kind of of topics, then this is the architecture we should do. we will be the reference architecture and to come at the security discussion here earlier. It was actually interesting to notice that 5G is not secure. No, 5G, vanilla 5G is not secure. However, we have many optional uh, things in the 5G that significantly improve the security. And this serves just as an example that in the architecture, we also need to point out that you need to utilize these parameters or choose these options in 5G if you truly want to have the the 5G connectivity utilized in defense as you said it's not going everywhere there
1: the, the other thing i wanted to add on uh, on what uh, arna said the um and again that's the as i think we all felt yesterday during that 24 7 uh panel here is uh, interoperability thing so the uh, another direction we are uh, from the architecture side looking into in the project is the interoperability with the conventional combat communication means the integration of the 5g uh, private network with the combat radios integration of the 5G private network with the public network so those are very important things because each of the from the architecture side if each of the uh, uh, setups of the network can play a different role in, in in different situations and uh, the the another point on the importance of the telco operators to be involved in the project as such is the experience because uh, we have in the room our uh, our uh, security director from LMT so, so these guys are people who are uh, fighting and facing uh, telco operators modern days problems daily all the cyber attacks all the physical security questions so that's very important to bring that perspective into the project and that's that's what we are doing and um, the uh, the use case wise that's uh, the important highlight here is that when we were at the uh, early stage of the project uh, defining the use cases that was huge involvement from the uh, participant countries mod so basically the use cases are uh, are formulated generally by the potential end user and there can be a difference uh, uh, from country to country uh, taking into account, uh, for example, Latvia's geographical uh, situation, which is uh, having not the best neighbor in uh, in uh, possible, right? Uh, we are very focused on the homeland defense thing. We are most likely are not thinking so much about the expeditionary operations as the homeland defense. And in the homeland defense use case, there is a critical importance of the telco operators because telco operators will be involved almost on the front line restoring destroyed infrastructure maintaining communications for not only public safety or defense entities but as you mentioned the 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 refugees the ordinary people because that's kind of the kind of a switch of the mindset because when we were facing the covid then the military uh, came to help the uh, civilian population in times of the full scale war as in Ukraine that's a bit different situation the the, the the army will be doing its job fighting on the front line the uh, civilian and public safety entities will have to help to do that and secure the you know the the the, um, the backs of the guys fighting and that's where the ordinary communication means will play significant role because you cannot give expensive Harris radio stations to to everybody and there are a lot of a lot of problems with that as well
0: and I, I think that was that, that is exactly one of the topics that are extremely interesting for us how do we ensure the unique 5 because there will be 5G standalone networks deployed by or for the defense forces but we need to coexist and the example Kaspar give is a very good take care of, of your homeland the civilians in Ukraine or here or Wherever, but there are other examples. There are also the logistical train. If you want to take logistics ashore in Rotterdam and want them to get them to Potsdam. Or no, sorry, want them to get to Stettin, for example. How do you know where your goods are? How do you keep control of your supply chain unless you partner with the operators? So there are actually multiple things we need to to also, and which opens by using 5G, but we also need to make sure that it, it works, so that you can take care of the civilian, and we can also see that, this, for example, logistic flow works across country borders, because Europe has quite a number of countries. It's not so that one one uh, defense organization can set up a network covering everything. and this this is an example of like border requirements we have in the project that hey, see to it that you can coexist. And from Ukraine we see that having a and an, having like a bubble of built by a defense will be much stronger if you then have a few overlaying. laying. Operator Networks, sorry, more than LMT even. Uh, Multiple uh, operators (laughs) providing. Then you have multiple layers of networks, and that's of course increased the resilience. Then, again back to the security question, what can we transport over what networks? We will have a look at that uh, and, and try to, so to say, build a picture of that, but that's very much the defense players in the project we are if, if i'm the ericsson and nokia are the pipe provider and telling this is the pipe this is how it works this is what you can do these are the capabilities you can consume because as talked here very much on this conference that 5g is much more than mobile broadband so how do we expose for example quality of service definition or geofencing or how do we localize people how do we we uh, guarantee latency how do we ask for edge compute all these capabilities need to be described so that the more the the defense applications can consume them in the correct way and then before i let you back sorry i'm now talking a lot but <laughs> but uh then one of the things that we feel as a 3gp supplier we are civil we are providing civil equipment that that defense can use one thing that is important for us and what we think is is disruptive is that this is actually separation of concerns if, if the little i've looked at the defense uh, systems today they're pretty much locked in from hardware to top what we want to do is say, okay, this is what you can expect from the, the connectivity layer. The application can evolve utilizing the connectivity capabilities without, you don't need to go and, and upgrade the, the connectivity while you can enhance your application or introduce new capabilities. Possibly you download or have something in the terminals than you So you can, so to say, separate the concerns and you don't get stuck to this multi-billion, always upgrade everything at once. We can even go to 6G as long as we keep the APIs similar towards the application layer. They don't need to care what kind of connectivity we have. So this is, so to say, one of the architectural principles we want to reach. Sorry, no, I was too long.
1: Well, we cannot mention six G because we have five yeah. G combat. Yeah. So that's five G. <laughs> but uh, yeah, actually, I was uh, from for, from what you said about the locked in systems because uh, military is 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 very conventional and and uh, conservative uh, type of the community and. Uh, from my personal view, I think the, the part of what we are doing in the, in the 5G compound is uh, of course mainly understanding the architecture, all these things we described from the technical point of view. The other is the the storytelling and uh, and trying to, to persuade people about things. Because the, the 5G of course has been extensively marketized uh, technology, you know, a lot of people, including us who have been selling 5g uh, we have told uh, a lot of nice beautiful things to 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 people not only in uniforms for, for all people about all potential nice features 5g can bring uh, gps independent positioning etc cetera, etc cetera, which might be you know uh, sexy for 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 the community but uh, i think we have very important task to 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 keep it very low on the on the hypes and make it uh, make it practical and, uh, and there's go actually my my question for you arne as the um, representing the vendor what you think will be our uh, Kind of the um, main challenge in in persuading those people who have uh, uh, lived so long and uh, who like so much, you know, nice big uh, green, it should be green always, military combat radio stations. How we will really persuade them, because that's something we are facing daily. Before LMT, I was in in, in military for 13 years, so I know that it's hard to persuade those professionals. That's a very important task for us, actually.
0: Yeah, I, I think think uh, well. Do you want the nasty answer or the or, or the more politically correct answer?
1: That's not a lot of people. The, here. the, nasty, go the answer nasty answer one. is give
0: them gloves. <laughs> I met met a set of uh, a defense organization, and there were these two groups: yeah. those who said you can't do anything with with uh, private technology, and other ones uh, who were saying we must have it, and and uh, we must have it. were in majority in that group, so. uh, a glove fight would have ended in in, in utilizing 5G uh, also. No, but I think the only sensible thing is, of course, and that we aim at in this project is show it. Because it doesn't end, the 5G combat doesn't end with the architecture. We will test the architecture and we will demonstrate it. So, as Kaspar was, was also asking that That's what I think we need to do come and look what we achieve look at the achievement so then seeing is believing and it's not labs it's the woods where we need to show it. Perfect thank you for thank you having a chance to chat says
1: it's time up. No can I continue? <laughs> uh, we have an audience question. If you have something to round up with, please do, as we have uh, some uh, more minutes. So, there's a question on an online platform How can defense and public uh, safety agencies dynamically allocate network resources to meet the specific needs of different operations or incidents using the network slicing in 5G technology? Quite specific
0: very specific and and yes uh, slicing is one way to use it but uh, slicing doesn't increase the spectrum for example there, there you could you can do priority this is essentially asking for priority mm-hmm. uh, you can ask for either priority you can ask for quality of service bandwidth or you can ask for latency and so on all those capabilities are in 5g either ue can ask for it or the network can ask for it or you can pre-allocate it say that okay I will reserve this slice only for defense use, or blue light people. You can ask it in both core network and in the radio network. So, so it's more a question of how you want to do it, and we've seen some players want to slice up front, some people only want to slice in the core network, make sure that they have the core resources. Typically they want to slice and put it on the edge whereas they want to hide in plain sight, i.e. they want to be, just get priority through, through UE request in the radio. So there are multiple and, and uh, one solution doesn't always fit all. Uh, slicing is good. If you really want to have make sure lock in your asset, you can do slicing. However, Going to dynamic slicing, then it's 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 already you have better utilization on the radio. So mm-hmm. long answer, but and and I didn't answer straight on it, but yes, we have multiple options. Slicing is one, not the only one. Mm-hmm. If you want to, you can round round up with closing comments if you have anything left to say.
1: I think the 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 question I was holding in my pocket was about uh, bringing Arne to talk about demonstrations that we will do the demonstrations mm-hmm.
0: yes and and we will we we're, we're actually happy to work with l t because they are are really pushing forward so even if the consortium will build five uh, g bubbles we have the chance to work with and t so probably we'll see something here in the project still runs for short of two years so There will be plenty to see.
1: Yes, and please do Oh, we have a question in the audience. Sorry, sir, didn't see your
0: hand in the darkness. Hi, uh, Dean Bubbly, Um, a question. What happens when there are third parties involved in this as well, where it's um, the defense organization, an operator, but maybe
1: you have a tower company or a neutral host provider. I mean, here we've got an indoor system, for example. Does that is that still make it possible to to extend the 5G
0: utility across the public network? But you need to bring in those third parties as well somehow. Yes, you could bring the third parties in. On the other hand, you could, utilising 5G, you could see yourself as being an untrusted network because if you go to bali to 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 or or to to some other country where you have a network but you don't really know what kind of supplier you are so you you might you might be happy and say okay i have a untrusted network i need to live with that but i still get communication through and then it of course becomes very important that the endpoints have the security and they know what security they have because they can't trust the, the connectivity in between but uh, as said yesterday on the uh, was it twenty four seven if you don't have anything else getting communication have. through is good and then the endpoints can still secure because you can build root of trust hardware root of trust even on the device and you can have control of the application but absolutely that's a, a that's a concern when you build so to say decide what level of, of confidentiality you have of the, the transport or carrier. Mm-hmm. Thank you for the question. All
1: right, thank you. Thank you to Kaspars Pollux, thank you to Arne Lindros, thank you for your time gentlemen and for your expertise. A round of applause.